We are in week three of a series that we're calling Peaks and Valleys as we talk about the life of Elijah and um, man, the journey that this guy had. I want to make sure that you're aware that Elijah uh, was, is the number one prophet spoken about in the New Testament referring to how great he was in the Old Testament. It's going to be important that you understand that. He was the type that was going to come again before the Messiah and prepare the way for Jesus to do what he was about to do. He would be one of the two that came and ministered to Jesus at Mount Transfig- during the, his transfiguration before the cross, which is pretty awesome. I mean, that's what an honor, right? Uh, and so we know that he's esteemed higher than just about anyone else. Other things that I, I, I think of when I think about Elijah, he's one of two people that never died. He was raptured before his death. Another awesome honor that puts Elijah like pretty legit. Um, and so I want to just let you know some other things. What we know about his life that made him legit is um, his ability to listen to what God said and then do it. That's a difficult task for a believer to, to, to hear God's voice and then have the strength to do it. So he confronted kings. He, he, um, he waited on the Lord in his life to the point where he would wait weeks and only be fed by the Lord, uh, by ravens. I mean, I, I mean, just crazy amounts of, I mean, I, I could not, there's so many jokes I want to tell about that, but you know, there you, It'd be so hard to sit by the river and do nothing for weeks, trusting that God is going to provide for you today and you're going to stay just waiting on the Lord. We get into seasons of our life, like 10 minutes long, we're waiting on the Lord and we're done, you know? And that's why I think this guy was so heroic. He had crazy faith, had the, he called out sin, called fire down from heaven. Uh, I mean, the things that Elijah did was unlike anyone in scripture, but in the book of James, it reminds us that though Elijah was one of the greatest men of God that had ever walked the planet, it's important for you and I to know that when he prayed and said that there would be no more rain for, for years until we pray again, he said that we are just as human as Elijah was and can pray those same types of prayers and see those same kinds of results. That's in James chapter 5, verse 17. And I, I want you to know that because I want you to know that like there is no man of God that is favored amongst human more than the Lord loves you. He died on a cross for you. You are uniquely special to him. And with that, I, I, I want to lean into what I believe is a very special sermon. Um, and I, so I've been really looking forward to this time with you. And uh, while I, I got overexcited about this, I realized after I actually penned the sermon, it's so simple what I'm about to tell you today. But I hope that it does volumes for your relationship with Christ. Um, let's all stand to your feet, if you would, as I read like 19 verses for you. It's going to be a lot. We're in 1 Kings chapter 19, and we're talking about Elijah, and this is just after he said that it can now rain again. This is after uh, the, the fire came down from heaven, and Ahab is now about to talk to his wife Jezebel, who doesn't like this dude, Elijah. 
When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way that he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servants there. And he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. And he sat down under a solitary broom tree and he prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life for I am no better than these ancestors who have already died. Then he laid down and slept under a broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. I, I'm gonna stop. I'm not supposed to, but I, I think of so many things. I think of how crazy emotional he was. I think of, again, the provision for the Lord in his life. There's so many miracles in this passage that's just really special. Anyways, then the angel of the Lord came again and he touched him and he said, get up and eat some more for the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And there he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, and the people of, but the people of Israel have broken down their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I, the only one left, and now nothing, and now they are trying to kill me too. So go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord said to him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were broke loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. But after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Let me just stop there. Jesus, I pray that you speak to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah, man, uh, I don't want to um, give you guys the conclusion of the story here, but be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you say. Your words have power, okay? And so here's Elijah praying that God would just take him. Hey, Lord, just end me. I'm done. Uh, the scripture would say again and again that life and death is in the power of our words. And so pick your words very carefully um, because you would see some things change in Elijah's life from this day forward. But I'm thinking about how emotional this was. This time, this story about peaks and valleys, we're going to see Elijah here in the valley after he's been threatened by Jezebel. And it's crazy to me that after he just literally prayed and saw fire from heaven, how this dude can be rattled by some lady with like crazy threats. But it's funny what rattles us. 
It's funny what will get under our skin. It's funny how we will know that we know that we know that God can do anything. See miracles, see provision, see, see God's faithfulness in our life, and then be taken back by something so simple. What gets you emotional? Now here we see in verse three, he was afraid and he fled for his life. That doesn't make sense to me after I just saw what I saw. Then in verse four, he said, he prayed, he said, I've had enough, take my life, I'm better off dead. This is just crazy. Like Elijah, you're, you're, you're the man. You are the man on earth. What is making you climb into this shell? But we all do it. And we'll all feel alone. And you gotta be careful when you're alone because your thoughts will play tricks on you. And so here we see him emotional. What makes you emotional? Can it be finances? If your AC breaks or your car won't start tomorrow, does that shut you down? If you have a bad day at work the next day or get an unexpected bill, if your kids do something that they weren't supposed to and you get a phone call from the school, or if someone gets sick, do you instantly overworry? What is it that gets you emotional? When I look at this story, I think he was probably being extra. But then if you think about it, his life's desire was to build the temple of the Lord's and see God exalt it. And he's seeing the opposite, temples being torn down, the Israel going in the opposite direction, and some of his best friends being murdered. Now, if we're honest, when many of us get on social media and we see things happening just in politics, we could have the potential to be rattled and feel like doomsday is coming upon us right now. We have to be careful that we understand that the Lord had made Elijah not a thermometer, but a thermostat. What I mean by that is he wasn't supposed to see what was happening in the world and be affected by it. He was supposed to know what the Lord wanted to do and affect the world. But what he was allowing was the things around him to affect the gauge of what was going on with inside of him. That's dangerous. I didn't plan that thermostat thing. That was, that was good. That was good, right? If I can get one of those little Insta quotes there, that'd be great. Just kidding. All right, yeah, I know, right? Uh, he was emotional, and it's hard to hear God or recognize truth in your life when you're emotional. I'm gonna come back to that. Here's the second thing I, I'm seeing in this passage before we really get into the message. There's like a first sermon and a second sermon today. First, first sermon, you have a calling. I mean, I, I, I got to tell you, like, this is, this is, I know that you know it, but it, it, it's difficult when I know that people are filled with God's spirit and are missing their assignments. Like, we have work to do in these last days. We are speakers of truth. Many of you have wisdom, biblical wisdom. And whom are we sharing those truths with? It's important that we understand our calling and our assignment. And I see that here in this passage. He's emotional. He finds himself a place to hide and just kind of cry himself to sleep. And an angel wakes him up and says, dude, um, you, uh, in verse Seven, get up and eat more, for the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. Let me just stop and say, make sure that you know, I don't know what's going on in your devotional life. 
But if you believe that you are spiritual, I'm throwing a spiritual word out there. If you believe that you are born again and a lover of God, but you're not eating the nutrition of the things of God that are just critical, I just want you to know you're going to run out of gas spiritually. And when that happens, you backslide, you fall away. But when hard times come, you have to know, are you being fed? An angel woke up Elijah and said, dude, the journey ahead of you is going to be a lot harder than you think. But there is an assignment. I'm sending you on a journey. And I, I, I think of like just the age-old scriptures of, 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 of Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you. Do you know your assignment? Because if you don't, it's time to fast. It's time to pray. Because the scripture says in Psalms 37, verse 23, that the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives. Are you godly? Is he directing your path? And I think it's crucial that we know where we're going and what our assignment is in our life. Otherwise, what I know is that all of us are working for someone. Could be a boss. Could be a wife. Could be your kids. Many of you are controlled by your circumstances before you wake up tomorrow. But I decided that Jesus was the Lord of my life. And with that, we should probably just lean into what that sounds like. Is he leading my life? I don't want Monday, Tuesday, and Friday to already be decided. I want the Lord to have space. Does that make sense? Someone's got to help me with this sermon here today because I feel like this, there, there's some real nuggets in this, but this is really just coming down to the basic of this sermon is your relationship with Jesus. Oh man, it, this sermon really hurt my feelings. Watch this. I want to hear God. And I want to build a culture within our church of people who want nothing else but to hear God. I mean, I, I, I believe that God wants to speak and I believe that he is speaking. But when I look at the story of Elijah, here's a man that's probably the greatest dude that's ever lived. And I want you to know that these people we look up to, sometimes there's people that you look up to like your pastor. Thank you, it honors me, I really appreciate it. But when I look at like regular people like Elijah, they miss it. All through scripture, the greatest heroes in the Bible also were the biggest idiots. And the greatest people that you look up to spiritually can also be the group, I mean, not, not me, you know, but, but I just want you to know we all miss it, okay? But when I'm looking at Elijah, who, this dude who had this ability to hear God and call fire down from heaven, I see in this story something that's a little different than most people. I, I believe that God gave him an assignment and told him to wake up and go in this particular direction, and Elijah didn't go in that direction. Because when I find in verse nine, when he gets to the mountain of God, the first thing that God says is, why are you here? Well, uh, what, uh, what do you mean why am I I'm here? Because I want, I want to be with you. And I do want to be with the Lord. But what I want to see in a people and in a church and in a group of people is if God spoke, would you listen? If he said no, is that okay with you? If he said yes, go. Is that okay with you? Does the Lord have your permission to be the Lord of your life? 
And because if I'm honest, there are times when like when God speaks, I don't, I don't like it. But I, I think what happens in Christianity is we have this like, like busyness and we don't know how to make the Lord like first. And here's Elijah in this story. The Lord's going to ask him three times, why are you here? Go that way. Go back the way you came. That's pretty crazy to me. Rachel, would you come? I want to be amongst the people that are hungry to hear God speak, that are hungry to hear God's voice. Now, before I say anything else, please hear me with 100% clarity. God is alive. And he is speaking to you. It is a learned gifting, but if you care, you will listen. Here, let me explain why I think this is important. I'm married, thank God, I'm 13 years, I think. Somewhere in that area. I love my wife, and sometimes I understand what she's saying. And there will be moments where we can get in a heated conversation, and I'm hearing her, but I am not hearing her. Guys, anyone else in this room want to be honest with me? I, I love you, but I don't know what you're saying. God is speaking, and you're hearing, but you are not hearing. And I'm, I'm in a point in my life where I, I really, I want to know the Lord, and I want to know his voice. And I want to be honest, God, if you want to rearrange my life, you can do it. You want me to quit this church? I'll go, man. We'll go to Arkansas, if you call. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully not. You know what I mean? But whatever you want, God, I'm willing to do. And, uh, and I just, I want to lay my life down so that there's, I don't have an agenda, but I'm willing to trust you regardless of what it's going to make me look like or what it's going to cost me. I believe that your will is better than my will. I've messed up so many times in my life, and I've seen the results of that. But I've never messed up obeying the Lord. He is wisdom. He is billions of years old and knows what's better for you than for you. You can trust the Lord. This is the cry of my heart, and I pray that you hear it. It's a story right out of this verse. Um, not in the fire, not in the wind but I want you to speak to me, Lord Jesus. You're going to enjoy it. And not in the mighty Oh 
fun for me. We've been doing this for like a few years together, 22 years to be exact, and uh, that song takes me back. I love you. Please just come talk to me. Jesus, your Savior, said it this way, not my prophets, not Elijah, my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I just want you to know Sheep are like the dumbest animals on the planet. And they're defenseless. They're not good at even defending themselves. And they just know that they're, they're, they're shepherd's voice. And he leads them to safety. God wants you to know his voice. My hope today is for you to know not your pastor's voice, 
but your creator's voice, your savior's voice. He is speaking in your life. And I think it's crucial that you learn how to not go to man, not go to your boss, not like people are gonna give you job offers that aren't good for you. And you're gonna have to know this is the Lord's way and this is what I'm supposed to do. Sometimes you gotta sidestep promotion to be promoted. And you gotta know the voice of the Lord. All right, I have to keep going. So Moses finds himself on Mount Moriah. Now, I, I, I just there's some cool nuggets in this that I think is really cool. It's neat to me that, Mo, uh, that Elijah wanted to hear God's voice. I believe he wasn't supposed to go to this place, but I believe he wanted to meet with the Lord. He, what, he did meet with like an angel, which is pretty rad. I don't know, I've never done that before. But um, he wanted to meet with the Lord. And so he went to the only place on earth that he thought the Lord would be. Now, he would have been at the temple, but the temples were all being torn down, right? So when you can't go to the temple, you go to the only last place you remember God literally touching down on earth, which is on the same place that Moses met face-to-face with God. Isn't this pretty rad? All right, hold on, wait, check this out. So Moses met with God on this mountain face-to-face. Elijah's gonna meet with the Lord on this mountain. Now watch this. And then them two are going to minister to Jesus on Mount during Transfiguration. I thought that was really rad. That was like, I don't know. Okay, cool. That was was just a nugget. That wasn't really anything important. But uh, so anyways, so they meet there and the Lord says, why are you here? And I believe he was there because he wanted to meet with the Lord. But you have to understand he's emotional. And what we know now is he's been emotional for over 40 days. You, if Elijah can get stuck in a whirlwind of emotion, of hurt, of bitterness, of like feeling like you were let down by a friend or a king or the Lord. Yes, there are people here who have hurt that the Lord let you down. And I just want you to know that God's big enough to like shoulder that blame. It doesn't change the Lord's desire here. He's just, you gotta, okay, so they meet together and he says, why are you here? I I guess I ask this question. Can you hear me real quick? Where do you go to meet with God? Have you ever met with God? Have you ever had a powerful one-on-one experience with Jesus? I think about, uh, um, what was dude's name? Jacob. Uh, when he, he needed God to move in his life and he, he went to open, and he wrestled with God all night long. You, where do you meet with God? Is it at your table? Is it by your bed? Is it in your vehicle? Is it on a lake? In the woods? Where do you go to get alone with the Lord? Because I don't know if there is anything in our time that is more sacred than that. You should have a sacred place in your life where you can tune out the world and all of the emotions that you're going through and hear from Jesus. There is no clarity outside God speaking. There is human wisdom and there's, there's the Lord. I want you to know that God is speaking to you and I want you to get jealous for his attention, for his affection and for his will to be declared over your life. Now, the number one way we hear God's voice as a people is right here. 
This is it. Like, there's not no magic to it. He already said it. Most of it can just be read right here. And if you're not reading it, you should go to the New Testament, start with the Gospels, and then move from there. Go to Paul's epistles. You should be in the New Testament. This, God, you will read something, and it will speak so loud in your soul. It is like, man, I'm, whoa, I need it to, I need it to hear that. There's no book. You can read the Hunger Games. You can read um, that wizard guy. They, they don't speak to you. This is alive. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Number one way God speaks to you is how? God's word. But where do you go to connect with God? Matthew chapter six, verse six. Jesus, your savior, said it this way. When you pray, go away by yourself and shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you openly. What you want and what you're asking for, you do it alone. You do it in closed doors. It's good to pray with other people. It's awesome to pray with other people. Powerful things happen when you pray with other people. But you should have a place by yourself where you meet with the Lord. It's critical, guys. I think about it like this. Jesus said this. In the, in, in the last day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we do ministry in your name? And he said, but depart from me because I don't know you. Why, how do I not know you? Because you never actually talked with him. We can do a lot of ministry for him, a lot of good things. But what the Lord wants before he ever sends us to do anything great is to come away. You get that? I hope that this is special because there's a lot of valleys in your life. But the greatest peak you'll have is the moment in the midst of the valley when you connect with God and everything becomes clear entire desert in your life. And all of a sudden it's like there's trees and luscious fruit everywhere because God spoke and things are clear. I have to go, I have to go, I have to go, I have to go. It is impossible to please God without faith. For anyone that wants to come to him must first believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I just want you to know that that's between you and him. When you are seeking God, it moves God's heart. I went to a place this week and I was asked to come in and speak. And in that room, I, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was not welcome to speak. No one wanted to hear what the Lord wanted to say. And I just thought about it for a second. And when I went to prayer the next time, I, it was like so loud on Friday morning. I am here, God, and I'm nothing special, but I know that you want me and I want you, and I see a world that does not want you, and I believe I have your attention right now. I just want you to know the Lord is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You seek God, he will show up. You seek God, he will show up. You seek God, he will show up. Why do people repeat things? Because you, because you, didn't, you, you didn't hear it the first time. It's like, Elijah, why are you here? <laughs> what? I don't know. Because I don't want to do what you're telling me to do. Okay, here's the, here's the coolest part. How do you hear God? One, find a place where you connect with him. Two, open your book, read it. That's a good place. Three, turn off the noise. I'm going back to this story here. And he said, why are you here? And then he told Elijah, I want you to go outside and wait for me. And the scripture says that Elijah stood there and the Lord passed by which I thought was significant. I always thought that Elijah went outside. That's not what the scripture says. 
He told Elijah to do something. He did not do it, probably because he's still emotional after 40 days and a long run. And he is standing there, and the scripture says then there was a fire, there was a wind, and there was an earthquake. Three pretty crazy things that I would probably, I don't know, but I would probably not want to be in a cave during an earthquake <laughs> or trapped in a fire. Uh, I just, I mean, or in a crazy rainstorm, right? Like I don't, I'm, I'm going to find somewhere else to go. Elijah was super stubborn. And many of you, when we get stubborn, we don't think straight. When our boss gets mad at us, we don't think straight. It's like we get stuck in this one frame of mind and it's hard for the Lord to move it off of you. Now I want you to watch what happens. The Lord comes back and the scripture says that after, watch this, I'm almost done. In verse, um, I don't know what verse it is. It is verse 13. After the earthquake, after, um, verse 12, after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. There was a sound of a gentle whisper. What I think is we get amongst circuits of people where they say that God spoke to them and other people who have never heard God's voice think that God's voice is booming loud and it echoes and it sounds like James Earl Jones or like, um, I just want you to know that um, God is speaking but his voice is a whisper. It's quiet, man. And the problem with our culture today is we're going to have to get quiet. And that's hard for us because we're busy and we're doing dishes and we have chores to do. And there's a lot of things happening in our life and it's hard to slow down. But God is whispering. And in order to hear a whisper, you got to get close. And you got to stop. And you got to pay attention. And I think it took Elijah 42 days to get quiet because the noise that was going on on the inside of him, he didn't want to hear what the Lord actually wanted to say. And that's complicated when I'm talking to actual believers that love God like Elijah did and wanted to serve him. But what if God wants to do something different? You gotta get close to God and then you know you can trust him and then you can know you can believe him and then you know you can follow him. When God is whispering and it's at that moment that his posture changed and Elijah then took his mantle off and went outside and did what the Lord told him to do. Friends, I believe God is speaking to you. And I believe, I know that he's speaking to me. I know that he's speaking in this church. And what a shame. So we have the television on and the radio on at the same time and our phone on and we're surfing the internet, watching the television, listening to music thinking that God's going to interrupt our life. And we're busy, and our schedule's maxed out. Where do you go to hear God? Do you want to hear the Lord? Because I just want you to know that it's going to cost you more than you're probably given. It's not cheap. 
Lord is not just anybody. He's more than special. And he's worthy of our attention and our affection and our devotion. 